For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats coming to you with the Topic Thunder podcast. It is just me today. I'm all on my own on a little solo pod, but that's okay because we've got an exciting guest coming on Thursday. I think we're going to get some of the game together. It's uh, it's going to be a fun podcast, so uh, I, I think you guys can make do with me for now. Um, Basically, the things I just want to kind of touch on here, I do have some questions from Twitter, so we'll cover those at the end, but the things I just want to touch on here is the Thunder have played five games since we've been with you last. Now, the first of those being the Clippers and the second night of, not a back-to-back, but of their doubleheader, which they lost by eight points. Um, Now, the next night, which was the second night of a back-to-back, they were victorious against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, 125 to 122, and then a couple nights later, they beat Chris Paul and Abdul Nader <laughs> in a, not their homecoming because you know it wasn't in OKC, but um, in I guess not even really a revenge game, you know, just their first meeting since the trade happened. Uh, so that was fun to see, and then we got absolutely demolished in Kevin Durant and James Harden's homecoming. Uh, and Jeff Green, sorry, Jeff Green, uh, didn't didn't mean to leave you out there. Got absolutely demolished in their homecoming, one forty-seven to one twenty-five. And tonight, we lost to the Houston Rockets. Um, the game's actually still going on. Uh, full disclosure, it's about twenty-five seconds left, but we are down one thirty-six to one o six. And uh, it, yeah, it's. <laughs> Not a good time tonight. Um, the one constant in all these games has been the stellar play of Shea Gilgis Alexander. Now, you know, it's no secret that Shea has been doing great this year, and I myself, um, especially, have been hyping him up <laughs> anytime I get a chance to. But I, I l- legitimately think that Shea improves. Every game he comes on. Uh, against the Clippers, he was in control in his revenge game. Uh, he had 23 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. He was efficient, shooting 50%. Maybe one of three from his three. Against the Trailblazers, man, this guy <laughs> this guy was in so much control. He 24 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 8 of 12 shooting. So, Again, just super, like, ridiculous efficiency. Like, I mean, I think that's, like, 65%. I don't know. I'm really bad at um, percentage math like that. But 
three or four from deep. And there was one three in particular that, one, it was just amazing because it was really close to the same spot that Dame hit the shot. Um, you know, that prompted the wave that sent the thunder into a tailspin and rebuild this, that, another, blah, blah, blah. But it was really close to there. But also, like, we didn't know Shea had that in his bag. Like, obviously, he's been working on his three, off the dribble, off the catch, you know, whatever, like right outside the three-point line. But no, this was like, this is like one of those Dame Willard, Steph Curry, like 35-foot bombs. And, I mean, he just drained it. So, if if you got more of that, Shay, hey, keep it coming, man. Um, then going into the Suns game, um, this game was this game was funny because as great as Shay was in the Portland game, down the stretch he missed like four straight free throws, and you know he posted a picture on Instagram about uh, you know it was a tough game, but we got the win. And his girlfriend, Haley, commented on it. was like, you got to make those free throws, though. And then Chris Paul, you know, Shay's friend, mentor, um, former teammate, commented on it and was like, get on his butt, Haley. I think he missed like four in a row. And it was pretty funny because down the stretch in the Phoenix game, uh, Chris Paul fouled Shay with like, I don't know, like 50, 50 seconds left, something like that. Shay calmly drained two free throws. Uh, Chris Paul missed a shot. Shea got the rebound. Chris Paul fouled him again. Calmly drained two free throws. And then Chris Paul turned the ball over. So uh, it it was pretty ironic that, you know, Chris Paul was kind of giving Shea a hard time. And Shea's late game um, heroics at the stripe is actually what pushed us over the edge against Phoenix. Uh, So I really enjoyed that interaction. Uh, I had a tweet about it. You know, be careful what you wish for, old man. Uh, he wasn't as efficient in this game. He was 6 of 18, 2 of 7 from deep, but he did spread out the stat sheet. 21 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds. Now you get into the Nets game, and it, it was one of those games where you just wanted more from Shea. Like, he did good in the stats-wise. He had 24 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and he was extremely efficient, 7 and 10 shooting, 0 of 1 from deep, and it's it's the thing that Thunder fans keep coming back to Shea. Like, we want him to be more aggressive. We want him to shoot 15, 16, 17, 18 shots a game. And these games, especially against, you know, a team like Brooklyn, in which Shea played 31 minutes. Like, he didn't, he didn't not go out there and play, like, you know, solid minutes. For him to only get 10 shots when Lidore had 14 shots, when Al Horford at 15 shots, like, I mean, it's it's just not acceptable, especially when you're you're scoring that efficiently, like 7 and 10 shooting at 70% efficiency. So uh, definitely, definitely need to see more aggression out of Shea. And I, I think we kind of saw that tonight against the Rockets because it would have been easy, you know, we're down like 20, 25 for him just to coast, you know, keep feeding, running the offense, running the pick and roll. And he didn't have a great game. Um, early on in the first half. Like, he had a lot of turnovers. He wasn't m- making his shots. He had a couple layups go, sure, but, like, you could tell he just wasn't comfortable out there. But he came out in the third quarter, and he was aggressive. Um, he ended up shooting 15 shots. He made eight, so a little bit over 50% shooting. Two of five from deep, good for 40%. And he had 19 points, five assists, two rebounds. 
you know, if that game would have been closer, could have got out there in the fourth, and he could have had a lot better looking night. But uh, I think it was clear to anybody that was watching, he was in full control in that third quarter. Uh, he made some ridiculous threes. Uh, there was one play when Sterling Brown was trying to body him up close to the end of the quarter and trying to strip the ball from him. Shea just did a nice little quick spin move past him, got in the lane, finished the shot. I mean, he was just all the way in his bag. So hopefully that's a little bit more of the Shea we'll see as the season goes on. And I I would be shocked if if you see Shea come out timid against the Rockets um, when we play them again, which I think is Wednesday, yeah. When we play them again Wednesday. So that's, I'm looking for a much more aggressive Shea. The other thing we kind of need to address, our boy Dort, um, I'd be remiss in saying, uh, in not stating his importance against the Trailblazers game. Uh, he guarded Dame that whole game. And Dame had was 8 of 22 shooting, 3 of 12 from deep. You know, Dame got his stat wise like 26 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. Like, cool. It's a good stat line for you, but Dort held him down. He made it difficult. He forced him to be inefficient. And most importantly, he denied him the ball, uh, forced a pickup um, in the final possession, and then eventually actually blocked his shot. So Dort did a great job defensively, and I'm not going to take anything away from him. He actually shot the ball pretty good in this game. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was 3-7 shooting, 1 of 4 from deep, and he had 7 points. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is our boy, it's kind of, our boy Dort is kind of in a slump. You know, his shooting has been kind of fool's gold for the whole year, but he's he's kind of struggling here. You know, he was solid against the Suns. He was 5-11 shooting, 4 of 8 from deep, and, like, if that's what you get from Dort, you take that all year long. But... More, more likely than not, that's that's not what you're going to get from Dort. And, you know, that's kind of what it looked like early on in the year. Um, I mean, I think he was shooting like 44% from three, but that's not what you're going to get from Lou. I guess the Nets shot two of 14, one of nine from three. Eef. And tonight against the Rockets, he was a little bit lackluster as well, shooting two of eight from the field and one of four from deep, good for seven points. Now, I love Lou, man. Like, I mean, he's he's great on defense out there. We He's shown the ability to do a lot of things with the basketball that we did not really expect or know that he could do. And I believe he can be a solid shooter in this league. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, Lou Dort's got a pretty, pretty big green light. And I think he just needs to kind of tone it down, kind of breathe. I think in particular tonight uh, – I don't know. He was he's kind of on edge. Uh, they got out on a run out early in the first quarter. Uh, Baisley had an opportunity to catch a lob from him uh, to try to, you know, get an alley-oop going. That would have been great for momentum. It would have been great for uh, Baisley's confidence, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, and also Lou's confidence. But Lou just threw way too high, went out of bounds. Baisley had no chance of getting it. And, you know, that was, that was kind of the start of – you know, a lackluster night for Lou. So, uh, I, I have full faith in Lou. I think he could turn it around, but that is something we're going to be looking for. Speaking of Baisley, um, he was solid tonight. He had 15 points, a 6 of 13 shooting. 
not quite at the 50% range, and he was one of four from deep, which, you know, he just continues to struggle shooting deep. Like, we know he can shoot. He's shown the ability to do that. Um, he's just – I think Baisley's kind of in a filling-out process this year. And, obviously, you know, you've seen Shea and you've seen even Dort, to an extent, like take this leap as more opportunities have been given to them. And Baisley's kind of more so – Still stuck in the 2020. Um, against the Nets, he had 14 points, 5-9 shooting, 2 of 5 from deep. So, he had a solid shooting performance there. 5 rebounds, 4 assists. With his best Shea Gilgis Alexander impersonation with the 5 rebounds, 4 assists, to 4 assists, 5, or 4 rebounds, 5 assists. So, <clears throat> he's, he, he, he's got a really nice skill set. Obviously, we've seen the ability that he has to be another playmaker uh, alongside Jay Gilgis Alexander, particularly tonight um, with Teo been starting alongside Shea. We don't really have a backup point guard. Hami and Poku become Pokusheski. Sorry, I'm, I'm not allowed to say Poku. It's I, I swore against it, but um, they kind of become our de facto backup point guard. So we got to see Baisley kind of get a lot more playmaking opportunities tonight and. In some moments, he did really good. He was able to get to the rim, or he was able to set up his guy for an easy bucket. In other instances, uh, you, you know, you could tell he's still pretty raw there. So I think that's something that he's going to have to play through. He's going to have to work through. Uh, Coach Dagnall said, you know, we're asking a lot of this guy for as young as he is and how still inexperienced he is in the NBA game. Um, so. I think there's more to come for Baisley, and you just got to be patient with him, man. Like, it's it's a filling out process. Um, I think he's a really good player. I think he's a solid player, and I think he's going to be around for the long haul. But like, you know, don't don't give up on this kid. He's he's got a lot more to show here. And then the last thing I want to talk about before I get into the questions is Al Horford and the powers he had from having a baby. <laughs> Like, it's wild, man. He, uh, so he didn't play in the Trailblazers game. I don't think, yeah, okay, he wasn't in the Suns game either. He, he wasn't there for our road trip. No, I take that back. He was in the Suns game. I don't know why I didn't think he was. Yeah. He was in the Suns game. That was his return. And that's when we saw the baby powers, man. 21 points, 11 rebounds, 8 of 12 shooting, 5 of 5 from deep. Like, you, you can't touch that efficiency. In his first game back after, like, missing, I want to say, five to six games, like, that's that's crazy, man. And uh, then he came right back out in the nets, started off really hot, uh, ended up with 16 points, 6 of 15 shooting, which isn't great, but 4 of 6 from the three-point line, that is great. That's what teams are looking for that, you know, kind of want that stretch big, stretch four, stretch five, whatever it is you need. Um, that's what they're looking for, a guy that can space the floor, um, you know, from the post, uh, in, in the front court. I apologize. Yeah. They want that guy that can, you know, space the floor, stretch the floor. So that's what we're looking for out of Al. And tonight, just so you know, against the Houston Rockets, Al Horford. Uh, let's see here. He had 12 points, 5 of 13 shooting, but again, shot 2 or 3 from deep. He's shown the ability to be an efficient three-point shooter from deep. Hopefully he can continue that up. Hopefully he can continue 
to show off his baby powers and the powers that come from having a baby. All right, so I'm going to get into my questions here. Only had a few, so this won't take long. I gotta scroll through my Twitter and find them though. Uh, curse you, game day tweets. Okay, here we go. So, first of all, from Bailey at BC Sports Chat. How do y'all feel about Poku headed to the G League for the foreseeable future? Well, I don't refer to anybody as Poku, but Alexa Pokashevsky, along with Ty Jerome, who <laughs> has been hurt for forever, um, are going to be attending the G League bubble uh, to play with the OKC Blue. And I feel really good about it. I, I love this for Pokashevsky in particular because... Not for the lack of opportunity, because I feel like, you know, for a guy that lacks the experience that he does, lacks the knowledge of the NBA game like he does, like, we've kind of thrown Poku in the fire and given him every opportunity to succeed and fail um, that we possibly could. And, you know, we've seen flashes, we've seen the ability to handle the ball, we've seen the ability to protect the rim and block shots. And we've seen that he likes to shoot the ball a lot. <laughs> Doesn't always go in, but, you know, we, we do see the ability and the willingness there. Um, I think it could be great for Poku to go against, you know, G League talent. Like, obviously, the team Ignite, whatever it is with Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, like, that's a whole different beast completely. And it'll be interesting to see how he does against the likes of a Kaminga and a Isaiah Todd. Um, but that's, like I said, that's completely different. But to go against these other G League teams and kind of, you know, be one of the best guys out on the floor, theoretically, because, you know, Alex Postchevsky is theoretically the best player ever. <laughs> but, no, it, it'll be interesting to see him out up there and see what he can do. If You know, we, we talked about him being, like, the de facto point guard and a lot of, like, garbage time minutes, and especially with Teo on the floor with George Hill out. Um, starting with Shea. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's the role they give him, if they're going to have the ball in his hands, kind of creating um, off of uh, the pick and roll. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of ISO, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm not mad about it. I I really enjoy it. I know a lot of people are upset about it because he won't be with the team for two, three weeks, a month, whatever it is, but uh, from what I understand, he can rejoin the team after the bubble. So, Poku's not lost. Pokusheski, gosh, you guys, you guys are catching me. Pokusheski, um, and his time with the Thunder for the 2020-2021 season is not done. And I think that this experience in the bubble could be great for his confidence and great for just his understanding of the game. So uh, hopefully it's a great experience for Pokoszewski. And uh, I can't wait to see him play against guys like Jonathan Kaminga, Isaiah Todd, and see what he can do. Alrighty. So let's go to at KennyLMore1. Saying, other than Cade, who was on the wish list if we get a pick around number four? Funny you should say that, Kenny, <laughs> because I think it's Jonathan Kaminga, you know. I think if you look at any mock draft at this point, number one, two, and three, in some order, is Kay Cunningham, Jalen Zuggs, Evan Mobley. And I'd be fine with any of those guys. But Jonathan Kaminga is probably the most intriguing prospect. Um, 
he kind of, he has Pokashevsky intrigue, but a lot more there. Like, I mean, he's a big body. Uh, he's 6'10". Don't exactly know how much he weighs. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up because I've been curious about this. I know he's six ten. Okay, okay. So he's six ten, two hundred ten pounds. Um, they say that he can do anything on the floor. It's a three level score. He can handle the rock. He can defend. And you know we're gonna learn a lot about a lot of these guys in this Julie bubble, but. Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green, those are the two guys that the spotlight's kind of on in this bubble. I think more so Jalen Green than Kaminga, just because he's the bigger name at this point, even though it's only five letters. Just kidding. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see them in the in the Julie bubble, see what they could do against grown men because, you know, for not to beat around the bush, like, that's – that's why they're there. That's why they didn't go to college. That's why, you know, they're playing in the G League. They wanted to go against grown men talent. They wanted to have more eyes on them. And, hey, they're going to have plenty of eyes on them. They're going to be playing against grown men, and they're going to be paid to do it. So um, it, it's time to see if this experience was worth it, if this experiment was worth it, I should say, for guys like Kaminga, Green, and Isaiah Todd. <coughs> and how that's going to affect, um, you know, the elite high school juniors and seniors as time goes on. So it, it'll be fun to see. But yeah, I would. Uh, I love the idea of Jonathan Kaminga, but I'm going to hold reservation until we can actually see him compete against grown men. So that that's my answer, Kenny. All right, and let's see here at. Peyton R. Motley, how do you feel about Pokushevsky getting sent to the G League? Why Dort isn't seen as the best small forward in the league? And what year is Kay Cunningham going to bring us a championship? Well, I already covered the Pokushevsky thing. Um, I think it's pretty obvious why Lou Dort's not the best small forward in the league. Um, he plays great defense, but he is streaky he's a streaky shooter streaky scorer so i don't think that puts you above guys like i don't know uh i guess Giannis is he considered power forward or small forward if you want to have that conversation lebron uh jimmy butler paul george quite winter but he's he's not quite there so let's pump the brakes a little bit on the little door love and then Kate Cunningham, what year is he going to bring us a championship? I'm going to call my shot and say 2025. It's going to be Cade Shea, Amani Bates, Chet Holmgren, and, uh, oh, man, I had somebody else. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was Dort or Baisley. I don't know. I, I typed this out on Twitter the other day. But, yeah, I'm going to say 2025. That's, that's when it's going down. Be ready. Be prepared. It's going to happen. All right, and at Sarah, oh, well, that's not her at. At another hip artist, Sarah Seller says, how many mentions does Shea Gilgis Alexander have on his phone for hashtag NBA All-Star? I'm going to say at this point it's got to be over, I don't know, 300,000? I think, I, think I think that's pretty uh, pretty reasonable guess. Uh, he probably has right around 10,000 from me alone, so... Yeah, uh, if you haven't heard, if you're not on Twitter and you're looking 
for another way to vote for Shay the All-Star Game. First of all, if you're on Twitter, you can hashtag his name, hashtag ShayGoesAlexander, no hyphen, because the hyphen disconnects the hashtag, and it doesn't work that way. And then you can do hashtag NBA All-Star, or you could just do his at, at ShayGLAlex, hashtag NBA All-Star, or you can go to NBA.vote.com and fill out the East and the West starters, put Shea Gildas Alexander in your Western backcourt, or you can go to the NBA app and vote there. There's a variety of ways to vote, but you definitely want to do that because our guy deserves to be an all-star. And I've talked for a long time. <laughs> I've heard myself talk a long time, and I, I know you know solo pods can be kind of monotonous, uh, not just for you guys, but for me as well. So I'm going to save this for another day, possibly with our guests. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about why Shea deserves to be an all-star then. But speaking of all-star, uh, we have new merch out at the Top of Thunder store. I believe it's bonfire.com slash topic, or yeah, topic thunder. Um, so check it out there. Our, the link is also in our Twitter at OKC's Topic Thunder. Um, we got shirts, um, hashtag SG all-star. We got one with a silhouette of him doing a crossover and a silhouette of him doing a scoop layup. Then we've got another one that's hashtag SGA2ASG, and that two is actually part of his jersey in which he is pointing to with his thumbs in a silhouette that you could definitely tell Shea Gildas Alexander. So definitely want to cop those. we got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, and even youth shirts. So go check that out. Cop one for you. And uh, yeah, guys. That's all I got today. I appreciate you guys bearing with me on the solo podcast. Like I said, I know it's it, it's a lot for both of us. So I appreciate you bearing with me. And I uh, look forward to that guest that we're going to have Thursday night. So it'll probably drop sometime Friday afternoon, something like that. So be on the lookout for that. Hope you guys have a great night. God bless. And don't forget, thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder Podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKCTopicThunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.